1: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
0: Down to Dort. Down to Dort. Down to Dort. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm down to Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Basley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Mascala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kapoku, and I'm down to dunk.
1: I love cereal. Captain Crunch, cinnamon toast crunch, cracklin' oat bran. Oh, I can hide these. I'm gonna
0: share with my team, but I'm a hog most. <laughs>
2: on one, one, ha, seven of down, two Dug. I don't have the stuff in front of me that I'm supposed to read. Joined this morning by Andrew. Like I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty
1: cool, pretty damn cool. <laughs> Woo! Slam through.
3: Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Thanks for the inspo, L-Man. Slam through.
1: And Oh, no. Jay, you're muted. Jay. Muted. And Jay! Oh, Lord.
2: Long-waited return of Jay.
1: You have to say it's Jay again. I- I'm not muted.
0: I know, you're, you're not, not, not now. Anymore. I- No, I I wasn't muted. Somebody muted me. You have to say it's Jay again, though. Still, it's Jay Jay again.
2: No, no, Jay. We did it.
3: Jay,
0: God. He's back and better than ever.
3: God, he's rusty. (laughs) Jay, you are rusty. I
0: I wasn't
1: muted on my end. Nothing I I controlled was.
3: No one could hear you. You were muted.
1: Okay. Well, we are (laughs) just a few days away from the lottery. Uh, You should join us. I'm nervous. Um, Tuesday night, May 17th. Jones. At the Jones Assembly in downtown OKC, where we will have a lottery party from six to nine. Uh, show up early if you would like a spot to sit. If you don't care about sitting and you just want to nervously pace around, uh, I'm sure there will be paceable areas uh, for you. It definitely you show, will be. Show up around six. So. Yeah. And we're we're going to be on the uh, patio, and so prepare
0: accordingly. Which is uh just to the west of the main dining space. Dress accordingly. So, yeah. So I mean, it's covered, and but it, it'll be you know, hot, hot, hot. It should. It, I don't think the weather really will affect it too much. Like it's pretty controlled. But I think there may be a separate entrance on the west side of the Jones Assembly. So anyway, just a heads up. We'll get more info, more info and pass that along as we hear. More details.
3: And I know we've, ta- we've mentioned this before, but as Luke said, dress appropriately. And that means you have to wear clothes. Yeah. We, no, you really what, cannot show up naked. I know it, we've addressed it, this before, but we, we keep having this issue
1: at events, and you've got to come wearing clothes.
2: Okay. It's what it, class, no what shirt, it, no shoes, no service situation. Yeah. What
1: he really means is be sure you don't wear the same clothes you wore to the lottery last year.
2: Yes. Like everybody.
1: It, clothes we've got to shift the karma somehow yeah mm. and part of it is don't wear the same clothes if you show up wearing the okay. same shirt it's it, it's it's not gonna go good for us
3: okay i have a question do you think last year clothes in general was the problem and that maybe this year we shouldn't wear clothes for karma
1: no stop stop making weird naked jokes for karma's <laughs> sake you gotta stop no it's not funny we stop need stop naked it. karma <laughs> stop it <laughs> um okay. But do you some, remember
0: what you do you remember what you wore last year, Andrew?
1: Yeah, I do. I wore my too good <laughs> to tank shirt. Well
0: Ooh, that could be what I wore too. I'm not wearing that one and I'm not wearing the one Taylor's wearing, which is the MTV D T D shirt. Because mm-hmm. it was one of those two. Those are my go to's. Yeah. And so I have I'm probably going have old school down to dunk. That's what I'm going with.
2: Yeah. Man, no. okay. <clears throat> it's a good palate cleanser. The problem a little bit with all these things is the common denominator,
1: these all are clothes that you guys are naming.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, Luke. So
1: you think we should <sighs> not right. wear down-to-dunk memorabilia? Is that what you're trying to say? Uh, no, guys, no, we- no, no, no.
3: Clothes. Let's spin this it. This is what I'm saying. Stop it. I feel like no. I've been clear. No,
1: no. Um, okay. We're going to do a tankathon thon spin. Um, all the marbles have been placed into this basket. <laughs> guys just
3: remember i have Any you know loo- if this goes wrong Any i loose got marbles somewhere. no 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 loose marbles yeah yeah all No, right i've got it's not loose <laughs> it's pretty tight, packed up in there all
1: right here we go uh close your eyes for this lottery sim here we go three two one and the thunder get the Oop. second pick oh. you don't even need you can release the marble okay this is oh. a, this is a fine spin. Okay, so Houston number one, OKC two, the Knicks third. They jump yep. up from where were they? Tenth, 11th? Oh. Jeez. Yeah. And all feels- yeah, this is this is a really good one. This is a really good spin. Then we got the 12th pick. So two and twelve. Uh, Jay, who do you like at two? Let's say. Hmm. I'll bet you they would take Jabari, <laughs> maybe.
0: Houston at number one. Yeah. So if I'm left with Chet or Paolo, I'm taking Paolo.
1: Mm. Tell me why, Jamon.
0: So here's the deal: is I I do listen to you and McKelle on Monday. Like I I think you're right. Like potential ceiling, Chet is all of those things, but he also to me has a pretty scary floor uh of literally not being able to play in the nba and so for me is i wonder if the potential for greatness is that much more than Paolo's. when i believe or paulo's well i keep saying it Paolo anyway i think that i think that ben caro is uh going to be <laughs>
1: did, think you, difference- did you see the paulo ben caro video i sent you guys
0: yeah, the one where the guy interviewed him thinking he was Patrick Mahomes? He's
1: Patrick Mahomes. And not only that, just once he realizes he's not just thinks that he's like some random teenager that he's interviewing.
0: <laughs> so, but I'm trying to make that argument. I'm not sure it's making sense as it's coming out. But I think the the margin of potential greatness uh, between the two of them is close enough to take that. What, in my opinion, is the safer uh, pick yeah. between the two of them. So I I love Maccaro's like his athleticism. I love the way he plays offensively. I think mm-hmm. his shooting is is questionable. His defense I think the motor for the whole time, but those are things that a lot of times in the NBA, I mean it's yeah, I guess it's 50-50. They either get exposed <laughs> dramatically uh or they become something that they they can be attributed to just a lack of effort in the college game or a lack of, you know, really care on that end. And so I don't know. I really like him. Like That would be, for me, the dream scenario. So mm-hmm. I, I don't oh, love hey. Chet. I know there's a lot Speaking of... And this, this podcast is a scenario. very Chet-heavy podcast, but...
2: Speaking of the dream scenario, you can drink it at the Jones, and you can go and buy it at Lively Beer Works. There you go. That's true. And you can probably buy it uh, this week at some liquor stores, and it's very good. You should try it.
1: Yeah, it is going. very good. Uh, yeah, I'm... I, I don't disagree with you, Jay, that adding Paolo to this team next year, I mean, I he I think he fits in pretty quickly. I think that he adds an element that the Thunder don't have at the four. And he's just a beast. He's a monster. I think he is he's like simultaneously like I think one of like the heaviest guys in the first that's gonna go in round one. But also like Pretty light on his feet because when you watch him play, he doesn't look, he doesn't play heavy. You know, no, he's not Zion. He plays with like power, but he doesn't, he doesn't look heavy. But he's, they list him at 250. How tall is he? He's 6'10. So he's, he's a big dog. He's a big dog. Big boy. I,
0: I do remember watching, even just watching some of his high school highlights. I was just struck by. I don't know, his athleticism, ex- explosion, uh, I don't know, he just looks like an NBA-ready athlete, uh, which obviously Chet does not outside of height, uh, but Chet has so many other things going for him. I love Chet's motor, his mm-hmm. competitiveness. I think he's probably got the the highest level of competitiveness out of the guys I've watched in the first round. Um, I think there is a ton of potential with him as well. I, his body is just terrifying to me. Yeah. What would be funny? What's funny to me though is if the Thunder get two and <clears throat> Chet is there, they take Chet, and then they're decent enough to where they get the eighth best odds or the ninth best odds, and then they somehow luck out in the lottery and get number one, and then they get Wimbanyama, and so it's like Wimbanyama, Chet, Poku, <laughs> Giddy. You know, it's like the freakiest Dude, lineup of weird players.
1: Team, be amazing. God, that would be amazing. I'd be so happy if something like that And
0: That's happens. what's kind of the good, not good news, but one of the possibilities, even if the Thunder aren't as bad as they were this year, which I know Sam kind of left it up to, you know, if they're the number one ranked team by Christmas, then maybe we'll keep playing. <laughs> but if not, you know. They're a title contender uh, by
1: Christmas. Yeah,
0: if they're a title contender by Christmas, we'll keep playing. But if not, we're going to develop all these guys that won't be on the team in a year. So, um, but if... There are like numerous instances in the history of the lottery where teams that did land in that 8, 9, 10 range mm-hmm. have jumped up. I mean, the Pelicans, when they got Zion, did. I mean, even the Grizzlies in that same year were, were expected to get that high of odds. And so yeah. there's always potential. So they need some luck, especially next Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great to get a little bit of luck because... I mean, outside of those three, I'd be I would be comfortable with any of those three. If you're if you're in the top three, you're just happy that you're gonna get one of those bigs. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, people are all over the place with all of these guys. Like nobody has a definitive board of who
0: Who are you who are you seeing above Jaden Ivey?
1: I mean I think some people like would take the risk of taking sharp above him. I think some people would do that. Um I I don't know. I don't I mean, I, mean, I watch Ivy and I think he's good. I just don't know that like is he a hundred percent gonna be better than Johnny Davis? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Johnny Davis destroyed him in the regular season in college i mean killed him and like defensively offensively he was way better than him in that game it's like okay and you don't want to make it all about one matchup but like that matchup happened like that game happened and are we sure that jay Ivey's gonna shoot it at the next level you know are we sure that a guard that just refuses to use his left hand is going to be great in the NBA. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I have a lot of, everybody has like big question marks after those three, including Jaden Ivey. In my opinion, he's just like the most explosive, like best with the ball and like most explosive. And it's like, okay, I guess I'll take that because I've seen that working in the NBA right now. Um, But I don't, I don't know. I don't know that he's going to be the best guy out of, that group out of like the johnny davis Uh, i don't know i really just don't know
3: why why do draft boards change so much from the tournament right after the tournament until you know the players start working out like is it just that people are bored or people are watching more video after the tournament or what's going on
0: Vicini actually addressed that. Mm-hmm. I think him and Penny did on one of the podcasts. And he says it's just you get time to kind of let more of the emotional side of it settle a little bit. You get more time to invest in the longer stretch of film, right? Versus just, hey, I'm catching this part and watching some mm-hmm. of this. And he said that he said that opinions kind of shift based on those things. And then some of it is workouts as well that people are seeing. I I know we don't put a lot of stock in in workouts, but you know, all of that stuff. And then you start hearing the words about what people are thinking. Because that's the other thing is a lot of these guys are tapped in. And Andrew, you obviously correct me of this stuff, but
2: no, you're right. a lot of
0: these guys are tapped into GMs and different scouts. And so what they hear begins to shift or change, you know. So all of that yeah. impacts the way that they end up evolving think after mm-hmm. the term. Yeah,
1: because you start hearing from people around the league about, oh, this GM definitely likes this guy or this GM if he drew number one, would never take this guy, you know? Mm. Um, and I've heard, I've heard a couple of those things this week, just talking to people about like specific GMs that are in the lottery and who they would and wouldn't take, you know? Ooh, what that, what did they say? Can that, you
3: say at least what you heard? Not the names
1: uh, after the pot, I'll tell you. Um, you
0: can't you know, even we'll just say a general. So I feel like it's also, I, I every time I watch these two <laughs> players play, I always think about Andrew's skill when it comes to scouting these guys. And so (laughs) right now in the second round of the NBA playoffs, you have two guys that Andrew was like, especially high on Mm. uh, in the 2019 draft, which if you listen to Monday, I'm kind of, it's already been spoiled, but Andrew was so high on Grant Williams and Brandon Clark heading up to the draft, which both of them were in a range that the Thunder could have gotten, which I don't really know. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they would have been good on this team. Uh, obviously Brandon, Brandon both of them are a little bit older. And so they went with Baisley, who was like, I think 14 mm-hmm. when he was drafted. And so
2: right.
0: it makes sense whether the Thunder kind of did what they did. But at that point, we maybe thought that they were building with this Paul George Russ team. Yeah. And we're like, man, Brandon Clark would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, with that team immediately almost. And so yeah. anyway, just shout outs to Andrew and his incredible work scouting. So make sure you trust That's everything true. he said.
1: Thanks, Jamon. Yeah, I love
0: except I, for Jalen sucks. Except for Jalen
1: sucks, sucks, I know. Hoopstock sixty <laughs> nine loves to get on every single podcast that I'm on and make sure that that I know that Jalen sucks stinks.
3: <laughs>
2: that you know I, that he knows that you said that. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Time will tell. It's so good. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for this lottery and for this draft. It's it is such a weird. It's going to be such a weird draft. Uh, there's, I, I think that. The like five through fourteen, five through fifteen. Like who knows what the order is going to be. Like some people love Jeremy Sohan and think that he is going to be should be in like the top ten. Some people don't think that he should be at all. Um Some people think Dyson Daniels should be the you know a top five pick. Some people, I mean, it's just the opinions are just all over the place. And well, and that's kind of encouraging.
0: So. If- so, if a j. Griffin is there at seven and it's, it's seeming what, like it, he
1: very much will be there and and in fact, like I wouldn't put it out of the question that he's there at twelve,
0: yeah, well, i'm just I was trying to use him as like an example, so yeah. if
1: let's say I
0: don't know I mean think about anybody that you may think of Johnny Davis or uh the kid from arizona Matherin or or yeah. even Jalen Duran or if anybody's in that eight, nine, seven, six range. Like if, if there's a team that isn't super jacked about somebody in the thunder, mm-hmm. like, Hey, we really think Keegan Murray would be a great fit yeah. with what we're putting together here. I th- I think having that, having that, I don't know, kind of nebulous ranking in the five to 15 sets up where it's hard. We know it's hard for teams to move up, but could the Thunder expend that future Wizards pick that they got last year and say, hey, we're going to give this plus 12 for, you know, seven to get whichever guy we're excited about that's still kind of there, knowing that the team at eight is going to get it. Like, there's more chance since there is such a mixed bag between five and 12. or I mean, four, I think there's a little bit like Keegan and Jaden feel like they're into that kind of tier mm-hmm. themselves, and then it kind of, kind of trails off. But I don't know. I think that that at least gives it to where there could be some movement on draft night.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're in the top three or four, you're probably staying. You know, maybe those picks could move depending on who people like. You know, if somebody draws number one and the Thunder just convinced they have to have Chet Holmgren, like maybe they would move back for like a future pick or something to get one of the other guys and just say, "Yeah, we're taking Chet," or you can give us a pick. You know, you know, I could see something like that happening, but. I'd be surprised if anybody traded out of the top 3. But then yeah, like if at, from get to get from 12 to 9, like you could probably do that. You know, just call the Spurs and say, "Hey, we'd like to flip an asset to you and you can pick at 12." And the Spurs are like, "Great. We like the guys that are at 12 anyways."
0: Yeah, yeah. or as much. Yeah. Well, and that so think about going back in draft history, the trade that got Doncic so the Mavericks was kind of because that was, wasn't it? <clears throat> oh gosh, I don't even remember who. Oh, so it was Aiden Bagley. Aiden Bagley, Luca. Trey Young, or was it Luca then Trey Young? Mm-hmm. Anyway, but they, the Dallas Mavericks had somewhere in there and they traded a bunch of assets to get up to get Luca. Yeah. They
1: traded with the Hawks. Traded with the yeah, Hawks. Yeah, they
0: traded they, with the Hawks.
1: The Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks traded back so they could get an extra pick. And, Jaron Didn't they trade back
3: fourth. to six or was it four?
1: It was five. So five, it was, it that's was right. from they the Mavs traded from five to three with their their first round pick for the next year and mm-hmm. the fifth pick. So they could get Trey Young.
3: Who went uh number four that year?
1: Uh J J. Ah, J J. 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 And then the next that's, that's a draft
0: next week, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, 2018.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm, 2018. And then they took Cam Reddish with that Mavs pick, which ended up being mm-hmm. the 10th pick, which is like, oh. oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, like a redo. And
0: I was thinking there was another one. Oh, the Markel Fultz-Jason Tatum one too, right? That Jackson was a Tatum. trade in the top yeah. two or three.
1: Yeah, that was the 2017. Yeah, 2017. Yeah, that's that is a wild one to think about. <laughs> Because they could, I mean, sheesh. I mean, imagine yes. Tatum with Embiid, yeah. and imagine what like what do the Celtics do? Like do they, I heard they really like jo- Josh Jackson, or I don't Whoa. know. I don't know what they would do. Or maybe things work out better for Fultz if he's in a better situation or a situation yeah. that's more palatable for him. Not that I don't know the Boston would be that though, but. Yeah, that draft looks uh, doesn't look quite as good the further away you get from it until you get to like the middle of the first round, honestly, because like the top of that draft: folds, Lonzo Ball, Tatum, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox, Jonathan Isaac, top six. Yeah, it's like ugh. Yeah, that's scary about the upcoming draft. Like
2: we just never know. You can get number one pick and blow
1: it. That's the way it goes, bro. That's scary.
0: The way it goes, bro. The
1: Draft is a well scary I think that thing.
0: One of the hard parts is this. Twenty twenty one was such a loaded draft.
1: It was loaded, and for the most part, teams did the right things. You know, yep. I don't know. Yeah, the 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 guys that needed to
3: move back, the guys that probably should have moved back, some spots moved back, and the guys who probably should have moved up actually moved up. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everyone, <laughs> everyone made the right pick.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I agree with what you all said about the magic. Is is the magic was the only one that messed up in the top ten? But yeah. they actually end up accidentally getting it right because Franz yeah. Wagner should have been the guy they picked at five, mm-hmm. and then Suggs at nine makes sense or whatever Wagner ended up going. Yeah. I really like that analysis. That that was helpful. So yeah, but but it does set your your it does <laughs> it sets your expectations for this one. Be like if the Thunder gets seven, we're going to be like, hey, listen, Josh Giddy, right? Yeah. Josh Giddy. Kaminga, Kaminga was seven. You know, look what he's doing. We
1: got this. Frank Nilekina went eighth. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. Don't (laughs) go too far on how
0: how much (laughs) it falls off the rails.
1: Oh, boy. Uh, Let's take a quick quick break and then we will come back and we're going to answer some questions from Reddit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before?
1: You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back from that quick break. We're going to answer some questions from Reddit. Uh, we don't have a Reddit's quest- Reddit questions drop. Um, you have one, Luke? Luke?
2: Uh uh Reddit questions.
1: All right. Our first Reddit question comes from DHR seven four six eight. He wants to know which of these three are most likely to develop. One, Chet's strength. Two, Paulo's defense, or three, Jabari's handle. Hmm. Most likely what? to develop
3: most
2: likely i I feel
0: like i have to kind of i've already planted my flag in this so i'll say paulo's defense okay yeah i mean so too I
3: i think there's a lot of guys and i don't ask me to name them i just know the feeling i feel like there's a lot of guys that come out of college that people don't think are good at defense and then they get an nba system and it seems to work out a little bit better to play more iso man Defense, not you know switching. I I feel like it's a lot different, and the guys that are super athletic can kind of figure it out. In the end, and And that goes that goes both ways for sure. But
0: I think it was KOC that mentioned this in his mock draft about because one of them had Paulo going to Oklahoma City, and he said the expectation that Oklahoma City puts on their guys to play defense and the way that they coach them in that way makes it. To where it would be the right fit to get the fullest extent of what he could do on the defensive end and so that's I kind of yeah. that's at least why I lean that way a little bit
1: yeah I buy that too um I don't know what kind of star power he holds once he gets in the league Pablo Bancaro. I don't know I don't know if if they selected him and he gets here and game one Mark Degnall sees him blow a rotation and he's like yeah you're out you're sitting out for the rest of the half like how does that fly with his, with him, with his representation? Mm. You know, like with Trey Mann. Like, I guess, uh, can you Trey Mann Paulo Bunkero? Like, is the question? Like, I don't know.
3: I don't know. I mean, Trey Mann's the one that that is most notable for for being called out by Coach Degnault. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really hear stories about him getting mad at other players, and I'm sure he does, but Trey Mann seems to be the number one guy.
2: Uh, I don't, I feel like he gets mad at Poku all the time. Definitely. Oh, does.
3: that's, that's true. That's but both of that. those guys, I mean, it's hard to watch defense for us and to know if someone's actually like making the right rotation or not. But <laughs> those two guys are pretty easy to see that they're bad at defense. And I feel like <laughs> if we can see that they're bad at defense, yeah. They're probably like really bad at defense in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Paolo I mean that uh, I'm just saying that's quite a floor for a guy of his uh of his stature and athleticism and everything he can do and it's like I wouldn't expect him to be that bad at defense.
1: I would say this. How good he is offensively will determine how good he is going to be defensively. Because if he's yeah. going to be a really, really good offensive player, like if he's your number one guy, he comes into the league and it's apparent after like three weeks that like, holy smokes, Paul Boncara is the number one guy. I would not count on him being a good defender in the NBA. Because there it is rare that a guy who has his kind of reputation comes into the NBA, is an, a guy that can carry an offense and then can also do it on both ends it is it is extremely rare maybe the thunder can do it um i think about a guy like donovan mitchell who plays for a very good defensive coach very good defensive system has routinely gotten worse on defense every year but then you have guys
3: like devin bro then you have devin booker and you have jason tatum though
1: yeah which way do they go i don't know yeah like how do you it's possible that he gets better i just don't know that i would Count on it. You know what I mean. But if he's just yeah. like if he's like your second best player, and you need you don't need him to carry the offense, and like Shea carries the offense, and Giddy carries the offense, and he's like a play finisher and a facilitator at the elbow and stuff like that, and like I could see him like locking in a little bit more because he's like I need to contribute more in other areas. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would say Chet's strength. I mean, it's an easy one because. Everybody gets stronger in the NBA, <laughs> you know.
0: Like, well, just in humanity, like just in life. Humanity.
1: I'm way stronger than I was when I was 20. You know, like he's he's gonna get stronger.
0: We
3: we have yet to see that with Poku, though.
1: Oh yeah, he is. Oh, he's 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 a lot. He's quite a bit stronger than he was when he first got here. Go <laughs> go, got look, the, go look go look back the... at some of those preseason games when he first got here. Just go, just go. Take a look. It's not like he's. I will I not. If he's worlds, that he's worlds better. But he's what different. It? He's he's got he's thick.
0: Different. His legs have gotten bigger, and his, his whole bottom. Oh yeah, he's got a donkey now. He does have a donkey. <laughs> he's got a dump truck.
1: He can actually play in an NBA game now, though, though, because yeah. he's strong enough too. That cake.
3: Yeah, he's got a body like a Pixar mom. <sighs>
1: uh fluky wants to know has fred katz ever called any one of you dumper dude any one of you fat uh not to my face (laughs) i did i called you fat (laughs) no not to my face you guys see this the steven adams thing that happened last night yeah pretty funny uh if you haven't seen it uh fred katz was talking to steven adams and Talk, asking him a question about him being a large person but Steven Adams wouldn't let him wouldn't let him really ask the question. He just kept asking him what he meant by him being a big guy and then uh Steven Adams called him a wanker and then like the line of questioning stopped.
3: <laughs> so, I loved uh so I read the transcription of that yeah. before I saw the video and what I really liked about the transcription is that the correct word. Yeah. Okay. What I really liked about that was um it heard him say fit because of his accent saying fat.
1: Yeah.
3: It's like wow, I could even I can read this in his accent.
1: Yeah. I also love Kyle Anderson in the video. Did you guys see Kyle Anderson just, yeah.
3: you know, like,
1: just kind of giggling the there. whole time? Well, I just, can see Kyle and just, Steve
0: being good buddies. They just lost game four too. And Jaws, I think they say he's out for the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, like
1: he's questionable the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, he won't play. It's a bummer.
2: Bad, I hate that. Yeah,
1: it's bad. Uh, Brussels sprouts. B- Brook wants to know: Would you trade Josh Giddey straight up for any of the prospects in this upcoming draft? Hmm. Do I get to keep my pick too? I don't think so. The, well, then what are no, we you doing? You get
2: to keep your pick. You okay. get, but you trade someone their pick straight up for Josh Giddey.
1: Yeah. Um
0: so basically would you trade Josh Giddy?
1: I would probably it, trade him for one of the top 3 guys.
0: Yeah. If you had a chance to keep 3 and then trade Giddy for one, right? Yeah. Or get one and trade Giddy for 3, you're probably doing that. Okay, what if it's what if it's uh you keep 12
3: but you trade Giddy just for one of those guys? No. I don't know.
0: Okay. So we I mean, keep twelve. So but you,
1: lo- you, you You The question isn't you lose your pick and. Yeah, that's not the question.
0: Oh, okay. where does Giddy where where would Giddy go in this draft?
1: Where would Giddy go? Where would Giddy go? I feel like we need a based L- on what L- we know L- now. L Man song. Yeah, about I think where he's, would Giddy go.
0: Yeah, I mean that is hard because it's different. Like coming from the NBL versus what we know of. Yeah, NBA. Pro-
1: I mean four or five probably. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't I don't know that you take him over, Apollo. You might take him over Jaden Ivey, knowing what we know now. That's probably about where he would go.
3: I feel like there's so much value, even just seeing how someone plays in the NBA for one year. Like, it is way more valuable than... um Oh, yeah. Than, like, just taking a top three guy based on potential and stuff we think about them from college. Going back to, like, You really don't know how these guys are going to turn out in the NBA.
1: Yeah, that's true. I
3: put him. You got to put him top top. uh, I'll put him top two. He won't be number one overall because number one overall, you've got to take a big swing. Like if you have the number one pick, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to trade it for this guy that is like already kind of good. He's probably not the number one overall. It's just (laughs) that. You lose um, all credibility, I think, if you would do that. But I'd take him too.
2: Well, that's why you never see it.
3: You know,
1: taking the swing. Twelve foot <laughs> jump shot wants to know if Shea and Giddy are average defenders at best. How important is it that our other three starters are above average to elite level defenders? If we drafted a guy like Paolo and he wasn't able to become a plus defender, can you get away with that sort of lineup in the playoffs?
0: I think it poses challenges, obviously. The Thunder did show the ability. I mean, they they didn't have anybody really playing inside and still had a pretty good defense for vast majority of the season. So they do have the ability to scheme, some of that can get found out in the playoffs. Uh but get I mean I know Giddy, both of them know that they they have to develop a more consistent defensive game. And that's just one of the hardest things to evaluate I think in this season, especially going back to kind of what you said about these guys that are elite offensive players that they struggle to be defensively minded as well. I think Shay has that tendency where he's just constantly going for his offensive game that he maybe struggles or lacks on the defensive end. But, uh, Shay has been a good defender from time to time, but
1: it's not consistent. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's, I think there is hope, though, in that we saw them become a good defensive team during stretches of this past season without elite defenders. Uh, So you don't have to have like top tier elite defenders, but you have to have some, and you have to have a good defensive big man. You know, we see that with Boston. You know, they've got good. They've got solid defenders all over the court. They have a great defender in Marcus Smart. You know, Horford's good. Time Lord's good. Like you, you do have to have good defenders. Yeah. And yeah, Boncaro poses some challenges, like you said, but I don't know. I think you can figure stuff out. If somebody he's got enough athleticism and he's shown a willingness at times to lock in. You know, it's not like he never plays defense. It's not like he's incapable of doing it. So that's why I'm I don't I don't know. from the past hmm. of the Thunder team.
2: Hmm? having like a defensive specialist who cannot.
1: Can you hear me? We, We keep losing you.
2: Hello. Sorry. I'm from the history of the Thunder team. I'm tired of having like a defensive specialist who cannot shoot. Yeah. I have, I have no interest in that, you know, give me a guy who can shoot, who is, you know, just can be there and, you know, not a terrible defender. And I'd rather have that.
1: Yeah. So, the Dort's like the closest thing we've had to like a guy that can defend at a high level and score.
2: Yeah. Dort's what what we've always been looking for and needed in those old teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
2: replace him with, you know, Andre Robertson and those teams are, you know, great.
1: Yeah. Uh, maximum grapefruit nine to three, three. Who would you, be the most realistic player you guys would be least excited about. OKC reaching on at 12 since that seems to be the MO in recent years. Giddy, Bays Poku, even going back to Cameron Payne. Uh, any players at 12 that you would not be excited <laughs> for the Thunder to take? Um, Walker Kessler. You've been
0: out on and you've been out on Tai Tai
1: yeah I would not be, i i wouldn't be super excited about him i think that there's i i'll have i think there's better options um other guys i wouldn't be excited about i wouldn't be super pumped for mark williams i think that he's gonna be a a guy that plays in the n b a like i don't have any doubt about that but like your positional versatility with mark williams is is non existent um So I wouldn't be excited about that. Other than that, like, there's a lot of guys in this, in this area of the draft that I kind of like. Like, Usman Jang would be really interesting. Malachi Branham, I think, would be intriguing. I don't know if Johnny Davis falls that far. I'd be excited about that. Jeremy Sohan, if if they liked him, Uh, Matherin. What do you
0: think? What do you think about the kid from Kansas, Abaji? Yeah.
1: Um, he's old. Is the the first thing I always think about a project
0: 22 years old but Uh,
1: I worry about his defense I like his shot making I don't know if they liked him I would I would be excited about it if the thunder liked him I would be excited about him um there's actually like quite a few guys in this area that I that I like that I think would be fun and there's a lot of wings too and a lot of like shooting guard wings that are in this area of the draft that I, that I hope that they take one of those guys instead of like settling for a center, just because they need a center because
0: yeah, that doesn't feel very like the way Sam is creating this team. I would be shocked if they looked at positional need at that point. Yeah. Like to, to the, I mean, I guess positional need is, is kind of a, a a wing is always a positional need, but I'm like going for a center just because you're like, well, we got this hole in the middle. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, Mm -hmm especially when you get to that point and most of the guys that are there are pretty one dimensional like i like mark williams if this was 1995
1: i know even if it's 2010
0: yeah he's got
1: you know?
0: it, it, he's got tons of athleticism he's i think he's got a lot of skill around the basket
1: in 2010 and- he probably goes like number 8 yes
0: and I have no desire to do Walker Kessler. no thank you yeah I'm out
1: I'm out uh Lindsay Corporation. the draft lottery is on five seventeen twenty two five plus seventeen equals twenty two How does this benefit the thunder l man
2: oh my gosh twenty two minus twenty two is zero that's really as far as I've got. Means there's a 0% chance that the Thunder mess up
1: this draft. Right? In erratic ESPN, uh, so by this point, it's pretty obvious that one of the reasons Kevin Durant left is because he was sick of hearing the Thunderstruck song by ACDC at every home game. What song should become the new official song for the Thunder?
2: Uh, I know. Uh garth Garth ruck's thunder rolls
1: dun 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 okay uh wants to know mikey and andrew talk a lot in their redrafts about picks falling into good situations are there any particular guys later in this upcoming draft that you think could pan out better in okc than anywhere else
0: I'm still infatuated. Not infatuated. I'm still interested in Patrick Baldwin Jr. Mm, yeah, I think he should go back to school and transfer. I think yeah. he should go one more year. Go to uh, Duke.
1: Go. Yeah. You know. Go go somewhere else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tankathon has a mocked at twenty four.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would take him at thirty. Yeah. I don't know that I would take. I would definitely not take him at twelve.
0: No, 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 no. no. But if you could put and this is not a reality, but if you put 30 and would it have 34 together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you, you know, Maybe. is there somebody
1: up there that, you know? Maybe so. Yeah. I think that's possible. Yeah. I I think about really young players that have like high ceilings, but lower floors. I mean, like Usman Jang is, is one of those guys that, I think about Dyson Daniels a little bit. I think that he needs a good situation, like a good incubator and the Thunder aren't the only one, you know, the Thunder aren't the only like, good situation out there in the NBA. Um, I think that the Pistons are a good situation for a young player. I think that the Pelicans have become a really good situation for a young player. Um, I think the Horn- well, the hornets just fired their coach, so I don't know that you can call them a good situation for a young player, but the spurs are always a good situation for a young player. The Grizzlies who have the twenty second pick in this draft, like there's the heat of the twenty seventh pick. There's good situations out there, not just the thunder. um but I do think that it is an advantage that the thunder have where you can take somebody in that toward the top of the draft that might need a little bit more time. A little bit more effort and feel like you at least give them a better chance. Uh, It doesn't always mean it works. Like we're seeing it with Poku. Is it going to work with Poku? Like we still don't know if it will, but there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of guys. uh, It's going to be dependent on where they land. Like Malachi Branham's still 18. He's going to be in the draft. He's a really interesting prospect. And if he gets selected by the Kings at seven, you don't feel super awesome about that. Or even the Knicks at 11, it's like, all right, I don't know. I don't know if that's a great situation for them. Um, I would say guys from five to 15 are all going to need a good situation, going to need a good landing spot for it to really work for them. I don't think that any of them have just talent that's going to surpass, you know, what an organization can give them. Um, let's see. We cannot answer all the questions, but we do thank you guys, uh, for sending these in. Um, uh, H9M8, I think this is supposed to say hamburglar, but with numbers in there. Uh, who's your favorite fit between Keegan Murray, Ben Matherin, and AJ Griffin? What do you think, Jamon? Oh, gosh. Um, so
0: I don't know why I'm so down on Keegan Murray, because it's not based on any reality. <laughs> I think it's just because it's like this weird consolation prize of like, hey, you didn't get, you know, in my mind I'm like the top four with Jay Nivey. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for. And then it's like, and Keegan Murray. Yeah. But hearing Alex talk about him the other day on the podcast and just kind of the way the NCAA narrative turned around him towards the end of the season, uh he's I don't know. There are some things about him that are incredibly encouraging. Uh, And so AJ Griffin or Matherin, I'm super intrigued by Griffin though. Mm -hmm. Like I always have been. And I know there's a lot of people thinking he's sliding, uh, which I, you know, I don't, I don't know enough to know why that would be happening, but I don't know his, his athleticism, his weird shot, but it was going in. He's super young. I mean the youngest young. guy in the draft, right?
1: I think he's the second youngest. I think Duran's second youngest. Duran's younger.
0: You know, and he's got good height. I don't know. I, I think that's the guy I'm probably the most intrigued with. I don't know enough about M- Mathurin to be honest. Like Arizona, I don't know why, but it's like any Pac-12 school. I've never really been able to pay much attention to their. A lot of times they have to play late, and you know you only have so much margin during the tournament. So
1: yeah, Mathurin's interesting because. Where AJ is not explosive. Like he, he, he feels heavy when he's on the court. Yeah.
0: That's, that's fair.
1: Um, Matherin's like light as feather, like running up and down the court. He dunks as, he dunks the ball as much as possible. He can really shoot it. He's a pretty good passer. He's undisciplined as a defender. Um, and he's a lot of work there. But, I would say he probably has a higher ceiling than AJ does. Okay. But I think AJ is a better shooter uh, than Matherin is. And AJ, like their stories are so different as like their upbringing. Like AJ, his dad's is Adrian Griffin, you know, mm-hmm. coached in the NBA for a long time, coach here with the OKC for a little while. Um, very stable environment. Uh, ben Matherin had a very unstable environment that he grew up in. Eventually went to the um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like the NBA Academy in Mexico City. Um, and that's where he kind of became a prospect. And um where it was kind of like a last ditch effort to like get him on track as an athlete. So um
0: He's also he's also Canadian from Montreal, just like is. Dort.
1: He is Canadian.
0: What yeah. if they just went Mathurin and Shaden Sharp and called it a day?
1: You take the two I mean, I wouldn't hate that because you get the two most athletic, like high upside wings in the top ten. And you just hope that one of them works. You know? Like that's not a that's not a bad I would be surprised if they did that, but that's not a bad way to go about it. It's like, hey, let's just take two athletic wings. We're we're glad if one works out to be a really good player, and if they both end up being good players, like you have two like freak athletic wings that can shoot it, like you're pretty. You're yeah, in a, that's really, a
0: way. There's a way worse place to be than that.
1: Yeah, you're in a really good spot. Um, let's see. Hmm, you addressed this earlier, requilix wants to know do we have a chance of getting victor women i mean we got a chance i think they'll be in the lottery yeah so yeah <laughs> uh mother what sports. are they is there like five or
0: six guys though in the next year's draft that probably be in the top three this year
1: yeah i don't i don't i don't know enough to be honest about that class or about those guys to be able to say for sure but that the people act like there's a lot of really good players in this in next year's draft. So, but things change, in things can change in both ways. Where sometimes it feels, and especially in last year's draft, people were like, there are eight or nine franchise changing players in that class, and there ended up being a lot of franchise changing players in that class. But they just didn't. They picked the wrong guys. You know, like Brandon Boston was one of the guys that people thought would be. You know, a top five pick. Um, so it's just hard this this far out to know who is who. Uh, Mother underscore scheme underscore four, six, three, nine. Will there be a May 17th live stream before the lottery, like in the morning? Um, no. They will not. <laughs> <laughs> no. They will not. But we'll try to live stream that night. And then we will, I will... Trust me, you will have a lot of content coming at you uh, over the next few days. Where I will, we'll do a down to dunk episode, obviously afterwards, and then I'm trying. I'm going to do a slam and jam lottery recap too. That'll be on the Athletic NBA Show feed for that next day too. So lots of lots of lottery content, post lottery content.
2: Not a coming, lot of sleeping coming at for- you.
1: Not a lot of sleeping.
3: Yeah, get your sleep now, Andy. Uh, Taylor! He's back. I'm back. I had uh,
1: my baby. My baby. Um, Let's see. I had a baby. Darth JJ, the Jet Plane. Number one, how many points would Mike Muscala average this season on 32 minutes per game? Hmm. (laughs) Just a funny question to me. Here's the thing with Muscala is that. I
3: would say 14, though.
1: 14.6. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Does it, though? That seems like a 32 lot. 32 minutes? That seems like a lot. What was he? Let me look at his per 36. Dude, I
3: mean, we didn't have a lot of. We didn't, you know didn't have. a.
1: <laughs> Let me read you his per 36 numbers this year. Okay. Best of his career. 20.9 points per game. 7.8 <laughs> rebounds. 1.3 assists. <laughs> one steal. One block. Again. Why
3: is he not playing thirty six minutes then?
1: Per one hundred possessions, he is twenty eight and ten.
3: <laughs> wow, <laughs> we have got a star.
1: Yeah, I actually asked Mark Degnall about this during the season about Mike and like, what's like, what's the deal? What's going on here? Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, I was telling him, just asking him about the lineup data, and like, can you explain this to me? Like. Mike Muscala is like apparently the best player ever. And so is Kenrich Williams. Like, how is, how is that possible? And he's like, listen, I don't buy it. He's like, he really doesn't buy into that stuff. He, he knows like I am putting Mike Muscala in the best situation possible. And he can Mm -hmm. go out there and play his heart out for 14 minutes And then come sit down and we're going to get him the right shots. We're going to put him in the right position. Things are going to be perfect for him. But can we create that same situation for him over the course of 25 minutes? Probably not. Um, Can he play with the same energy on defense for 25 minutes or 30 minutes instead of 12 or 14 minutes? No, he can't. And in fact, like we found out later, like part of the reason that he couldn't play in very big minutes because of his ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just funny. I mean, he had a, he had an outlier year of like great play. And, you know, if, if he could play like that, when we need, when we need a player like that to come off the bench and like games of consequence, like he'd be great, you know, just to have a center that could come off the bench and shoot the basketball. Like that's, that's a that's a really handy player to just have coming off the bench.
3: They did. He did have Muscala in some closing lineups when they were trying to win at that point in the yeah, season. Yeah, he did. He you did. know, and then he was not in closing lineups when everyone was hurt at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> and when he wasn't hurt as well, I know he was hurt from time to time too. But there were times when Coach Degnall chose to not put him in because he was a little too good. He may he may have hit he may have hit three threes in a row because there were a lot of games where he came in and he really did that.
1: He did. And if you are a Jabari Smith guy, like look no further than what Mike Muscala can do for your team.
3: <laughs> Damn, you don't like Jabari Smith, huh?
1: I do. What I'm saying. What I'm saying is that if you're a Jabari Smith guy and you think that Mike Mascala has an impact on this team, look. Just wait to see what a guy like Jabari could do. That's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, okay. I, see Who, what you're
3: saying. I thought you were saying. I thought you were comping him to Mike Mascala. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> what I'm saying is that a big that can shoot it like that, and maybe, maybe his handle and his feel never get any better than they are today. I think they'll get better because mm-hmm. I mean he's really young. He's still 18 right now. If he if a big that can really shoot it like that can change things for the thunder, like the, the you can make the argument that based on what Mike Moscala was able to do as far as spacing for Shea and Giddy and how much it helps, like Jabari's is easily the guy that you should draft. You know, I've, that, this is why I, I, I lean Chet, but I could be talked into any of the three like if if an ex yeah. if an expert somebody that's watched more than me that has seen more than me that has talked to all these guys tried to sell me on one of them like you could you could sell me just because i, so, I think they all bring like a really unique skill set that could be very useful
3: we talk about jjj and how he seems to have not blossomed into the full um player that we thought he was going to be after his first year in the nba yeah. So is do you see Jabari Smith actually being that player like who we thought JJJ was going to be?
1: The problem is that like JJJ wasn't wasn't what he was like becoming at Michigan State. Like he was like mm. more of like a bully ball player and yeah. he still is that to an extent like he like
3: You definitely have seen that more in this Golden State series.
1: Loves to go left, loves to get to the rim, loves that spin move to the left. Um he was more of that and like a known as like a shot blocker and stuff like that. Where Jabari has been like, yeah, he's a shooter, like he's a real shooter. Yeah. And we didn't, I think that people were surprised at how fast JJJ shot the three ball once he got to the mm-hmm. NBA. I think they thought that he had it, but didn't know that he would be a guy that could take seven threes in a playoff game, you know, in the first part of his career. Um, yeah.
0: Well, and Jabari, if you've watched his mechanics on his jump shot is just about flawless. Yeah. Which JJJ still kind of got a weird wind up. takes some time yeah. getting that ball out. Yeah, it does not. Jabari is Jabari's beautiful jump shot. Yeah. Uh, like it really is pretty startling for guy at 610 and like 18 or 19 years old, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say
3: look no further when you're thinking about Jabari Smith and uh, Alexei Pokushevsky. <laughs> also beautiful shot mechanics. Big guy. Graceful on his feet. Donkey. Got dumper.
1: Um, <laughs> donkey Dumper. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Any other questions? I'll try to hop on here and answer some of these too. Um, if I have some time. Um Let's see. What's the worst offer you'd consider accepting for pick 12 and Dort?
3: The worst offer? I would consider? How can I even imagine that? <laughs> I That's don't know. Nice crackers? Question. What's worse than that? Uh, dirt? But you wouldn't consider that. Yeah, I would consider it.
1: Okay, how many crackers are you talking <laughs> I would say like... How much dirt? How I would say like pick nine. It's probably like the worst offer that I would consider depending yeah, on I who's to there. Say top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, Randy's <laughs> Randy's Speedo wants to know.
0: I completely
2: misunderstood that question. Yep.
1: Yeah, you did. You did good. Good job. Um, did we sell too low on Horford or Chris Paul?
3: <laughs>
1: looks like
3: I've, I've thought about that this yeah. week. We called Presti a failure in our group text. All of us did, and we all agreed. He failed,
1: Elman, Give us your thoughts.
3: It's it's a little. uh, It's
2: you know Al Horford having you know a great game. Chris Paul. People have been talking about like the uh, guys that come to Oklahoma City get traded away and then are just you know that people had counted them out and now they're kicking tail. And so mm-hmm. it's a little frustrating thinking, like, you know, they could be doing that for our team. But I've had to tell myself multiple times, like, <sighs> it's going to be better that we would be, we will be better in, you know, five, six years than we would be now with them. That's the hope. That's sir. the hope. And that's, man, I just, it's just, it just makes me nervous for the lottery, for the draft, because you don't know. And don't know.
0: they're such, Really, I mean, just known for commodities. Yeah, I, th- so. I do think that what's important to remember about both of those guys is that Houston had to get give picks yeah. to get rid of Chris Paul. Yeah, right. So his own see, owner said that was the worst contract in the league. Yeah, he's the <laughs> yeah. worst owner and maybe the NBA now. But <laughs> so. so the fact that they got anything, even though Chris was fantastic in the year that he was here, and. I, you couldn't really bank on it being thirty. You didn't think that Chris would make that much of an immediate impact, no. but they just did a good job of building around him. Adding Jay Crowder, obviously the jump that Bridges took, the jump that that Aiden a took. It was, just kind of, it
1: was a perfect situation. It was a perfect situation. Yeah,
0: perfect. Yeah, and then yeah, it'd you I wrong get, to think that Horford? Philadelphia had to give up per- a pick to for us to take Horford.
2: Yeah, they did.
0: I guess Danny Green was in that too.
2: You got to think that there are guys on like what the, what people consider bad contracts that are just telling their agents, "Get me to Oklahoma City. Let me do that same thing." And you know, I want to you know turn my career around, show people what I still have.
1: Well, it's not do, you
3: think, um, I it's do you think?
2: I Do you think if they it.
3: let Kemba Walker play that that this would have happened with him? Do you think the issue was Kemba Walker didn't? There's there's a certain amount of minutes you have to hit while playing for OKC for that to kick in for the magic to kick in.
1: Well, I, I think the thunder have a good idea of the kind of player that they're getting when they acquire them. And yeah. like, obviously Kembo was not going to work anywhere, you know, this year, like he was not, he did not get the, the good thunder juju when he went to the Knicks. Um, Chris Paul obviously had a lot left in the tank. He was willing to change his diet. He was willing to change a lot of things about his life in order to, you know, really change his career trajectory. Mm-hmm. And s- some of that was the thunder. Some of it wasn't. Some of that was just Chris, you know, Horford at his age, getting to rest the amount that he did really was very helpful to him, you know, and, you know, I don't, I mean, that's very valuable to a guy like that. And, you know, you can make fun of the Thunder for doing what they did, but I mean, if he would have played in all these meaningless games with the Thunder the rest of the season after Shea couldn't play, you know, could, couldn't, and didn't play, like, what, what good does that do for his career? Mm-hmm. And So, like, the Thunder will do right by these veterans. Is it all about the Thunder? No, like, is Derek favors going to go on to have a great, you know, resurgence (laughs) somewhere? Like, I don't think so. Um, I do think that these are two special players. I think we have to recognize that like Chris Paul and Al Horford are like special NBA players.
3: Would you say Horford was in his prime? Was he ever considered like a top 10 guy? No, like best Horford year.
1: Let me, let me, I had this question on slam and jam. Um, this week, I
3: honestly can't remember. He was a top twenty player for sure. Tell me this for a while.
1: How so? He had this will be our this will be our final thing before we go. Al Horford, and you may know the answer to this if you've already listened to Slam and Jam by this time. Al Horford scored thirty points in a playoff game. That's a playoff career high.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How many times he's played almost a thousand NBA games? How many times has he scored thirty points in his entire career?
0: Oh, God. It's, it's going to be in, really in low.
1: 950 regular season games.
0: On the regular season?
1: Yeah. 950 <laughs> regular season games. How many times has he scored 30 or more points? Twice. I would say mm-hmm. seven, seven times.
3: I would say 20
1: times. L-Man is closest. It's eight times. Eight. Well oh, God. I'm That's the made, biggest uh, historian of the game. He's made all-star teams. Isn't that wild? Like Al Horford's a good player, but to play that many games and to have only scored 30 points eight times in the regular Especially season?
3: Especially because I you do think of him like in the Hawks days as an offensive player.
1: He's a good offensive player,
3: yeah. Yeah, he wasn't just a this crazy good defensive player that, you know, he just got played a lot of minutes, so he compiled some points. Like yeah. you thought of him as a skilled offensive player.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I just thought I thought that that blew my mind That's, when I when that I saw is, that when I looked that up. That
0: is blowing me. Yeah. What's crazy is that after that Florida team, he's the only one left.
1: Yeah. Really? Noah,
0: Brewer, like those two guys came in with Horford in the same <laughs> draft and were part of those two yeah. championships. And
3: even Corey Brewer
0: know. got a fifty point
1: game. He did. Fifty burger. Yep green um yeah uh all right this is the last fry pod before we know what pick we're gonna have so next friday we will be able to talk definitively about where the thunder will be picking we'll be able to make predictions about who we think that they'll have
3: who i'm about to dunk
1: i'm pretty nervous i'm pretty nervous about this i'm pretty excited uh, everyone needs to go. That is listening needs to go to the
2: Jones next everyone. this upcoming Tuesday six two nine. Everyone.
0: Be- well, and Andrew said. Monster. Andrew, Andrew said it. Listen, you don't want to watch. It. If you're a fan, you don't want to watch this by yourself at home.
1: No, yeah. it's the lamest place to watch it. Easily. Especially lamest. if you're
0: home and you're wearing clothes, you don't want
3: that.
1: True. Thanks for listening to
3: our podcast.